It's time for Screen Vomit! We did a rock movie, baby! Colin refuses to be normal. We did a rock movie. We need a rock intro. Yeah, I guess so. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Screen Vomit. I'm Kali J, here as always with my co host, Grandma Kayla. Hi, it's me, Grandma Kayla. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? How you doing? You know what? You know, we saw a rock and roll movie called Hearse Mel. Hearse Mel. Hearse Mel. Actually, we should mention before we get into it, yeah. uh, just to recap, that we're doing a special series of... Uh, podcasts here Mm -hmm. because normally we only do movies that are in theaters, strict rules made by me and Colin. Um, But since theaters are closed, we want everybody to be able to see movies together and with us. And so we picked a couple that are that have come out in the last few years Mm -hmm. that we might have missed that are that looked good that we wanted to see whatever. And, uh, yeah, so this is our third in that series, Curse Mel. Yeah. Yeah, from 2018. And, um, yeah, really only stars one, like, real name, but there are a couple, like, minor celebs in here. So we've got, obviously, Elizabeth Moss. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows Elizabeth Moss, um, probably most notably from Handmaid's Tale and Girl Interrupted was also in Us. Girl Interrupted? Yeah, that's what I knew her from. Uh, the initially uh, Angelina Jolie movie. Yeah, I had no idea she was. I know her from Mad Men. Mad Men. Oh yeah, she's in Mad Men too. I mean, she's been in a lot of things in the last like five years or so. She's super blown up. Oh for sure. Um, but I knew her first from Girl Interrupted. But okay. when I was looking at her IMDb, she's been acting since 1990. That's shocking. That's kind of wild. Yeah, I know. Huh. I know. It's wild because I feel like I saw her in Girl Interrupted and didn't hear from her for 15 years and then suddenly she's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So pretty wild. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, also in this movie, we've got like five or six people who you might know from something. Um, Dan Stevens, who plays her ex in the in the movie, mm. uh is the beast from the beauty and the beast the most recent like live action one hell yeah (laughs) not wild yeah yeah (laughs) uh amber heard maybe canceled we don't know um she plays she's an aquaman um (laughs) you probably most notably know her from her scandals with johnny depp and elon musk and whatever else is going on that's how i know Um, her i i could either either a victim or canceled we're not sure (laughs) It is, I wish this were a video medium for one second just so I could do the collar tuggy thing. Uh, yeah. Because that's very Ooh. much how I feel about Amber Heard. But she's uh, for sure in the movie. <laughs> uh, and it's unclear whether or not she's canceled currently, I think. Yeah, so no one knows really. We're maybe safe. <laughs> Um, let's see, let's run through these. Alexis Krauss is in the movie briefly. She is the front woman of the band Sleigh Bells. Oh, I didn't, um, okay. Yeah, uh, Dylan Galula is from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Shameless. Uh, Ika Darville, these are some names. Um, 
Ika is uh, plays Naima in the movie, her like spiritual guru or whatever. Oh, okay. If you've ever seen the show Jessica Jones on Netflix, uh, that's her neighbor, Jessica Jones's neighbor, who's like uh, the second oh, yeah. on the list in Jessica Jones. Um, I've never seen him in anything else, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Gail Rankin, who stars in Glow. Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars. Cara Delevingne is a model, and Ashley Benson and Cara Delevingne did fall in love filming this movie. Oh. They're gay together currently. They're still dating, and that's so cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> I... Also, uh, side celebs on this movie who wrote the music uh, for the movie, which is pretty cool fact that I found out. Um, Alicia Bagnano from Bully and An- Annika Pyle from Chumped, uh, oh, currently in Katie, Katie Ellen. Yeah. Really? I know. Yeah. That's freaking so cool. Hell yeah. I had no yeah. idea Annika was in it. I... Yeah. I didn't either. They're not in the movie. They just wrote the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baller. But I think that's really sick. Yeah. Um, what's our critic scores looking like? Cricket scores are pretty, pretty good. And uh, as always, I... I stand Rotten Tomatoes, and I think they did a really solid one with this. It's got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And on Metacricket, Metacricket, well, you know what? I, I still don't know how I feel at this movie, but it has a 69. Hell yeah. What, 69? <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Metacritic really went there yeah. for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty good. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, great and good. I'd say those are accurate scores for this movie. Both of them. Yeah, it's either 69 or 83, sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, All right, let's watch the trailer. Hell yeah. It was Becky something. That was a great trailer. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. That rules. Yeah, I hadn't actually watched it yet either. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was awesome. The trailer better than the movie, maybe. <laughs> we had a couple of those. This is good. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Um, all right, I wrote down like a little summary okay. so we can throw it out there before we get into it. 
that I just uh, did copy and paste off of IMDb. Uh, self, a self-destructive punk rocker struggles with sobriety while trying to recapture the creative inspiration that led her band to success. Okay, that's pretty succinct version of what Very happened Very succinct of two hours and 16 minutes, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I Speaking of two hours and 16 minutes, I did feel like this movie was maybe a little long. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree. A little I, long. Okay, this is a weird because this is someone's art. Well, you know what? Fuck it. We're we we always criticize stuff. I yeah. I think they hammered in well enough that she had substance abuse problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This the like the first probably hour of the movie is really just her. Probably, probably more, more than, than an, an yeah, hour. Yeah, probably like hour and a half. <laughs> probably the first hour 45. Yeah, it's just like... It's her being crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just having, just like... And they're well... Everything's well done. You know, it's it's not a criticism mm-hmm. of the production of it or the acting or anything. It's, they just could have probably cut... Either cut like half of the first couple acts, mm-hmm. like cut, cut the acts into half, or just straight up ditched one of the acts. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, I guess speaking of the acts, we should note that like this movie is is very separated into five acts, mm-hmm. just like a play would be. Um, it was actually written by uh, two of the three writers on this movie are playwrights, so uh, it did feel like a play in that way. For sure, this could have so, been a play. Absolutely, it could have been a play. It probably would have been cool too. I mean, you wouldn't get all of it, but. Yeah, it'd be a cool play. Yeah. It should be a play. Okay, let's write this into a play. I would, I would, no, I totally am on board with this. Uh, Okay. Damn. Me and Colin are writing a play. Hi. Um, Except Colin can't because it's about a girl band. I don't know anything about women. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm only in by proxy as a queer person who formerly was known as a girl (laughs) and is a allegedly a musician i haven't played a gig in a long time yeah me neither <laughs> when was your when was your last mus- musical oh. gig gig it's for sure it's had to have been over a year i don't oh, even okay. rem- actually i do remember what my last gig was but even then it had been like a, a year since i played yeah so. uh, yeah my last gig was at a, was a house show and it was good um i played a new song that now i hate and i feel embarrassed about playing Ooh. um is that why you stopped <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I stopped for a lot of reasons. Um, probably some of which we'll get into later in this Hell yeah. <laughs> episode. Hell yeah. Um, but I also just, I haven't written anything new. It's probably the main, main reason. Sure. That I, I'm a slow writer anyway, but uh, I just have been so busy. And like, since I live with somebody, it's hard to like find time alone where nobody's home and I can, like, jam out. Yeah, yeah. Even, like, in my last house, um, Colin knows this, but the listener may not, uh, (laughs) that uh, my last house that we lived in for about a year and a half, um, we had an extremely nosy neighbor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, my front door was not, like, a regular front door. It's, like, a closet door. Um, So it was, like, very... You can hear every noise through it. It was a tiny home, like a literal, like you watch a show, Tiny House Hunters or whatever. Like it was like tiny home. Um, And my next door neighbor would like listen outside of our door to like see if we were home or 
Normal. You're just like constantly coming to knock on the door for nothing. He just wanted you know, to hang out a lot is what you. He, yeah. He told us when we moved in that he wanted to be like the show Friends. Insane. Where there was, where there was an open door policy between the, our houses. Um, and when I say neighbor, I mean we were two units of the same building. So yeah. like same building. Um, and our doors were two feet apart from each other. Um, and he lived in a studio. So, like, if he's in his house, he can hear anything that we were doing. Anyway, so, you know, suffice to say, not very conducive to, like, chilling out and vibing and rocking out on my ukulele, okay? And not very conducive to that at all. Um, <laughs> he was also always home because I'm pretty sure he doesn't have friends. Um, Look, I just, oh, my God. I never thought yeah. about this till now. The open door policy posited in Friends in Seinfeld is one of the worst contributions in history. Yeah, that's not real. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> and I would never want it to be real. Well, maybe, I guess, let, let me take that back a little bit. Uh, in times where I have lived in community spaces, mm -hmm. um, and by that I mean community punk houses yeah. that are populated by at least eight people living there, um, and regularly host like shows or community events. I've lived in two of those kind of places, and that's pretty much been the case with those places. Sure. But that's a specific environment. A normal person who, like, has one roommate or, like, me living with my partner, uh, that's not a situation where I want some random guy just walking oh into God. our house at any moment. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Stay out. We don't oh, want you. Man. He would come and knock on our door sometimes. Maybe I'd have the TV on or something, and he just knows I'm in there, and he would just, like, keep knocking and keep knocking, <laughs> and it didn't really matter if I, like, didn't answer the door. He would keep knocking for the rest so of my bold. life until I answered it. So Extremely bold. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could be doing in your house. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if I'm nude? What if I'm in the shower? What if I'm sleeping? Like, you know, like, just leave me alone yeah, Absolutely. Is the bottom line. Yeah. Anyway, how did we get here? That's a good I question. <laughs> your neighbor. Rocking oh, oh, out. Why, why have I not been making music? <laughs> achi, achi. Uh, yeah, so that, you know, living there, was, I it's extremely hard living in that kind of environment to try and write any music yeah. <laughs> to get the vibe. Um, so, yeah, just not having any new material is really, like, the big reason why I haven't played much out here. It's also, I mean... It was hard living in the city to get people to come to my shows, which sucks because I know so many people in the city and I go to all their shows constantly. Mm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that is not reciprocated. Um, so <laughs> That's disheartening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just playing a lot of shows to no people or one person. Uh, Just the other acts. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, uh, like one of the last venue shows I played, Oh, that's another thing. As a person who is generally read as a woman and a musician, and uh, I play ukulele, which is not a mu an instrument that's taken seriously. Yeah. So every sound guy. Oh my god. Uh, I think literally every sound guy I've ever encountered do doesn't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Refuses to to mic my instrument the way that I ask for. Uh, I've been playing ukulele for over 10 years. Uh, I've toured. I've played lots of venues. Um, and they just refuse to listen to me. They think I'm dumb. Um, 
God. They won't do the things that I say. Uh, and then, so the last time I played a venue, it's we spent about probably 40 minutes sound checking. Um, and to the point where eventually I was just like, look, I'm taking all this off and I'm just going on the floor and I'm just going to play. Oh <laughs> my <floor>. God. <laughs> and the only, uh, only one person I know came and she doesn't even like music really. She just came <laughs> there to support me. She doesn't like going to shows or anything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was maybe like two of the other musicians in the room and that was it. And I mean, not that that's always bad, but when that's all that's ever happening, yeah. it's just kind of, it's kind of like, what the point? What's, what's the point? <laughs> you know? Jesus. So anyway, uh, yeah, hard to get people out to the gigs. I didn't have any new material anyway. And Jesus. I have cool merch. Nobody ever buys my merch. No one buys your merch? No, I wish no they did. Buy some of your merch. But uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big deal. Anyway, yeah, I don't play shows anymore, really. I might play one sometime, yeah. but I need to get back into it. I haven't even taken out my ukulele in a long time. I planned on doing it sometime in quarantine, but we'll see. You know who anyway, didn't have any what? trouble getting people to their show? This band yeah. in this movie. Oh, hey, here we go. <laughs> something she. <laughs> so, yeah, something she is the band. Um, should we like kind of break down what the five acts were real quick? Yeah, yeah. So the first act is they do an encore at a gig, and then it's like everything happening after the gig. They're yeah. still at the venue. Second act is they're in a recording studio. Third act is they're kind of last chance show where uh, she's late to the gig. Mm -hmm. um, fourth act is at her house. Uh, and then the fifth act is the reunion show. So that's kind of like the the breakdown of where we're going. Yeah. 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 So Elizabeth Moss uh -huh. did spend three months learning to play guitar before filming. Is that how long it is, takes to learn? Um, I don't know. I mean... I feel like she wasn't playing like a lot of chords and stuff in this. So to learn something simple. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. Three months. I mean, she's an actor too. So like uh, you have to assume, you know, make an ass out of you and me or whatever. But uh, that she has most of her days yeah. free if she wants, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, that she can just, she could learn guitar all day long. Whereas most of us have normal jobs and maybe get an hour in the evening or something. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, so she is actually playing guitar. She's actually singing, uh, both of which I thought was really cool. And I'm she glad that... She sounded great, yeah. She did, yeah. I think something about Elizabeth Moss that's really cool, and it's mainly really cool because you don't see this a lot with actors, mm -hmm. especially female actors, especially, um, that she's so willing to, like, be ugly, you know? For sure. <laughs> like, she she doesn't have a perfect voice, you know, mm -hmm. it's fine, but she's willing to, like, sing out and be not perfect, and that's great, you know? She's willing to, like, be ugly, like, have either no makeup and, have like, show fully showing her, like, dark circles mm -hmm. and all that, or in this movie, she often has, like, really terrible makeup that's, like, running all over her face. She looks rough. Bad hair. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, even later in the movie, once she cleans up, like, she's wearing, like extremely mom clothes that like don't fit right you know mm -hmm. um and she's just 
in this movie, like, she's obviously going through, her character is going through a lot, like, with her drug addiction and everything. So she gets pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just not afraid. She's not afraid to go there. You oh, know yeah. You never go there. <laughs> she just goes there. Oh, my God. <laughs> she does. It, uh, but she really does. And I think that's, it's just cool because you don't see a lot of, like, women doing that. And I personally love being ugly. <laughs> She, How has this come up uh, twice in two ups? Stop it. You're not ugly. Stop this. Stop this. No, it's my brand. I oh, my it. God. My brand. I'm into it. Is it your brand? I'm leaning I, in. This is, okay, if this is your brand, you have just established it. <laughs> yeah, once I realized I was ugly, I'm like, no, hell yeah. I love being ugly. <laughs> and then I was like, being ugly and having big muscles, that's my shit. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Takes all the pressure off, really. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. there's still pressure. What, okay, okay, okay. What is being ugly? How is that defined to you, though? Um, That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How do you define being ugly? It's a hard thing to define. Okay, then. It just, it's just a vibe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Colin's going to ask me to explain what vibe means to him again. Okay, we'll just move moving on, moving on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Every Some things that are... I mean, this movie is like pretty legit as far as what it's like to be around a band who is popular and parties all the time. Oh, um, well, oh yeah? You and, know all about that life? Yeah. Well, well, well. Here comes Kayla again. <laughs> well, Ooh, big famous Kayla. Here's the thing. I feel like I kind of have the moviegoers experience in this as like, because I've always been straight edge pretty much, more or less straight edge. Um, but uh, as many people know, I was a person who chilled hard with bands for a very long time as I worked at a venue for a while and I had a music fest and I used to tour with bands all the time or just tour and go mm -hmm. to shows constantly. Um, so I made a lot of band friends in that time. And, um, you know, on tour, you're always staying at people's houses, random people, or even when I was just traveling to go to shows, then I would like catch back up with those people and stay in random places. Um, so yeah, I've been around that life, uh, an, an amount, you know, but I've always not been a, a person who partakes. So I kind of get a lot of like, does that? Oh, totally. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying by when I say I've had the yeah, moviegoers yeah, yeah. experience, sitting on the couch, not drinking and not doing drugs, <sighs> and just kind of watching everything happen. Yeah, <laughs> and being kind of on the outside. Yeah, no, of it. I totally understand. Um, it's uh, I'll say pretty uh, relatively who's, authentic. Ooh, are you allowed <laughs> to disclose who's the most like famous <laughs> rock star you've seen, just like uh, obliterated? I don't know if I should disclose okay, it all right, publicly. All right, all right. <laughs> but I have friends with a few bigger bands, but even ones that aren't that big that have like just like a moderate yeah. following, you know. Um, the thing about being the way that she is in this movie, when you're on the road is already like creates a barrier between you and normal life. If you're a person who spends most of your yeah. life on the road. So, like, you know, it's kind of suggested in the movie that their band 
is pretty popular and tours pretty frequently and goes on like longer mm-hmm. stints. So that kind of lifestyle, like it's not normal, <laughs> you know, like yeah, you're like in a van most of the time. Um, somebody else is kind of, somebody else is telling you where you're mm-hmm. going for the day and you're eating whatever you can find when you can find it, which might you might go hungry for a while. You might just live off of gas station ding-dongs yeah. or whatever. Um, you're sleeping, like, wherever in strangers' homes or it doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know, like, getting a couple hours of sleep a, n- sleep a night, going forever without a shower or, like, any normal human comfort, yeah. you know? <laughs> sleeping on floors so you're not even sleeping in beds. Like, <laughs> I always think... Um, Sleeping on floors in dirty clothes with not showering, meeting a bunch of strangers all day, and being subjected to um, social interaction, like, basically 100% of the time. So, you get no time to, like, be alone or have space, more or less. Um, And then combine that with you're also, like, constantly drinking and doing drugs, which even if you do them in a group are kind of solitary Mm -hmm. experiences. It really creates, like, a a division between you and normal life and you can kind of start to lose like what's normal (laughs) you know yeah and um i mean you can kind of see it even a lot of bands that tour a lot like when their music starts getting worse or like less relatable uh because they just don't have like normal experiences anymore she is meowing so loud right now Give me one second. Let me go. Oh my okay. god. Yes, Scrambles, I'm in here. Hi. Okay, she should be good now. She was doing her... <laughs> Scrambles does a thing when she doesn't see anyone. She mm-hmm. will... She, she meows gets... super loud? Yeah, my she cats finds used to do that. a sock or like a headband or something cloth-like... <laughs> And she will put it, her, <laughs> grab it with her mouth, and then walk around going. Wow, that's so weird. Anyway, so she was doing that. <laughs> I wonder if it's in the mic. Uh, I used to have cats that would. We had like a long staircase into the basement yeah. when I lived in Indy, and um, my cats would stand at the top of the stairs and meow oh, super loud down the stairs. Like I'm sure it's like echoing around like the yeah. stairwell in the basement and everything. I don't know why they did that, but they cats would do that so all wacky. the time if they didn't see anybody. Um, around. Mm-hmm. We were talking about ro- road life. Yeah, so it kind of creates yeah that's division between you and normal life, and you know when the only like main human interaction you're getting is like people loving you and like telling you you're amazing and then the only people who are you know quote befriending you are like people who are fans of you that are all around you just like gushing you know what i mean it like really creates like a a different universe (sighs) yeah there's no way it doesn't like fuck with your head um for sure it's it's not like dead on like what you're talking about but i've something that if potentially probably canceled person Lemmy uh, said in an interview a while ago that's always stuck in my head is he was explaining his drug use, which was a very famous, uh, always kind of glorified it. But he he talked about how when he was first starting out in bands, he, uh, he was like, well, you are on the road all day and you can't handle it and you don't and you don't want to deal with it. So that's why you take like downers 
so that you can sleep all mm-hmm. day. But then you have to be up in the night and, and like, and be put on a show. So that's why you take the uppers. And he just talked about this cycle of uppers and downers that he was on because of touring. Um, and it's like, I've, I've always thought about that and been like, yeah, that explains why. Like, of course, ba- bands are like, all right, we want to put on a great show tonight. And you know what helps us put on the best show is a bunch of cocaine. Uh, but then it's like, but then you have to travel and do nothing, uh, for the next 12 hours. Yeah. And also, uh, a lot of the more popular bands, like people are constantly buying them drugs and alcohol. Oh, or, yeah, like, for sure. The assumption is if you're going to stay at this person's house, they're going to give you a bunch of cocaine or whatever when you get there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, everybody, because they're all fans of you, like, their number one thing, oh, we want to party with you, you know, like, we're having people, we want to party, and, like, there's lots of drinking and lots of drugs involved yeah. even after the show, so, like, yeah, it, it can be really wild, like, spiral. Sure, absolutely, like, it's totally clear why so many musicians have flamed out yeah. in spectacular yeah. fashion. And doing that. You got to remember also every single day. Yes. (laughs) They usually either you don't get a day off or you get one day off Mondays usually uh, in between shows. So no days off, just constant partying. It's just, yeah, it's a different life, you know, no sleep even. It's yeah. Yeah. Like once I because I always had this, I was always like a glorified tour life. Uh, even though I've, I've never mm-hmm. actually like been on a tour before. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And it wasn't until I like was in a punk scene and talking with people about tour life and how they were miserable and how they hated their bandmates. And mm-hmm. I was always just like, how can you hate the people you wrote these cool ass songs with? And it's like, of course they don't care. Like the musicians don't care about the songs anymore. Like, yeah. because you can't have that sustain... A, fr- a, a, a you know a healthy relationship for twenty four hours, or yeah. uh, or ha- have that be like your mental rock. Like, oh yeah, we're doing this for the music. It's like that can't hold you always. Of course, right. you're and gonna- like be being trapped with anybody, even somebody you love. Like they're stuck in a van together all day long, you know, yeah. and then they go to the show and they're together all night long. You know, so it. it being stuck like that with anybody can be annoying, you know, sure. after some time. It's fun for a while, but eventually you run out of shit to talk about and then everything becomes annoying about them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Or, you know, somebody, especially if they're a party band, like somebody got drunk and did something dumb or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be a whole, whole thing. Yeah. So uh, another thing, another aspect of this movie that was kind of funny is like everybody having punk nicknames. <laughs> Which, I, didn't I don't even know if that's that. like. Yeah. I don't know if that's really a thing that like happens anymore, but it's really it's kind of unclear when this movie is supposed to have taken place. So, but I will say, yeah, when I started be- becoming like part of the punk scene or whatever, uh, everyone that I knew had a nickname. <laughs> Just about everyone. Um, we so yeah for listeners sake uh for a little bit kayla and i kayla more so than i ran in the like indianapolis punk scene kayla more Mm -hmm. like ran the indianapolis punk scene um and i can confirm that like 
in 2007 when I started coming to uh, shows, everyone I met, and especially because that was around the time Facebook uh, was coming out and mm-hmm. or like getting big, and there was everyone was just like uh, Travis Trash. Mm-hmm. I don't. I remember like go. Uh, go ahead. Oh, crust, mm-hmm. crusty Doug. I don't think that Nick, he knew about that. I, I'm sure he did, actually. He probably did. You know. Or like Nick Vampire. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. Even me. I was grandma, and I still am. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> you, you just, like, you're like, I don't know if anyone does nicknames anymore. I'm like, you live with your nickname. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just like, it's different when you're like, when you already had a nickname put on to you in 2007. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, everybody <laughs> does still call me grandma. Um, but are people, are newer people, like, making nicknames for themselves? I like, think, is that, like, a thing that's still co- happening? I think people I are just, like, going by names they choose nowadays. That's true, and yeah. I think that's a big difference is, like, mm-hmm. uh, due in large part to, uh, like, queer community Overall, people are just now choosing their names. You know what else I'm thinking about is, like, Facebook. For sure. Because now, like, your legal name basically has to be your Facebook name. Whereas, like, when I was nicknamed Grandma, like, Facebook did not exist. Like, (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know most of the people's real names, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I still don't know a lot of the, like... uh, indie like some of the if you showed me pictures of some of like the frequents of pirate shows i would be like i don't know their need like their last name yeah yeah or even sometimes their first name (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean it's just like that um but yeah now with facebook like everybody knows everybody's like legal name Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's different culture i guess but yeah, so in this movie we have Becky something, Crassy Cassie, oh Marielle Hell, that rocks. Um, Roxy Rotten, and Dirtbag Danny, which TBH in my experience, most of the people's nicknames that I knew were not alliterate, like they did not no. start with the same letter, but uh, you know, that's fine. Fake punks wrote this, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Becky something is the the front person. That's this is um, uh, Elizabeth Moss's character, and mm-hmm. she's the front person of the band. Something she, yeah. So <laughs> now that we have uh, just stepped into the movie, <laughs> forty minutes into the podcast, <laughs> we're loose, baby. It's quarantine days. Woo. So yeah, they they mainly spend like the first uh, half of the movie or so. Just showing her having, like, being on drugs, having mm-hmm. a meltdown, like, being crazy to everyone, being egomaniacal. Um, just the worst. Like, yeah. The world revolves around her. She, like, can't focus on anything. Um, if anybody's even slightly, like, says something she doesn't like, she thinks they're, like, out to get her. Yeah. This movie, it did give me this, like, I don't, quote-unquote, party anymore. I don't go out and, like get wasted with a but big group of friends i don't go to like 50 to 100 person parties anymore um mm-hmm. and so i don't really deal with this aspect of substance use mm-hmm. uh, the 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 people who are completely abusing it and just like out of their fucking minds on it 
and it brought the it like watching the first sets or first act, three first three acts of this movie gave me this mm-hmm. very distinct uh feeling in my gut of just like this tension i've felt in situations where people are too uh fucked up on something and you're and they're unstable and you're just like mm-hmm. i have no idea where this is going to go but it's you know like th- at any moment this person could snap and mm-hmm. kill me uh or they could you know just keep on this like just teetering on the edge and it's yeah terrifying. and where like you constantly feel like you have to like babysit someone oh my god oh my gosh like i've known so many addicts um and yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have been the babysitter so many times it's honestly atrocious yeah. um, but that's really like what's happening in this movie and you see it and it's just you know it's really authentic to that experience for sure and i think the people that are that are on the other end of that that are the partiers and like being wild Mm -hmm. most of the time i would say 98 percent of the time do not realize what it's like to be around them (laughs) no especially when they're no clue especially when they're inebriated um there there's just no regard and, like, it sucks, but, like, I've been that person before who's so drunk and oblivious to the misery they're inflicting on everyone around them and just so self-centered and, like, why are you guys not taking care of me then? Like, that is the, that's the response to it, to, like, someone calling you out when you're drunk as shit and someone's like, stop, like, let leave me alone. And it's like, well, take care of me then. You know, put me to bed if you want me to. It's just this, like totally like you said earlier narcissistic uh mm-hmm. just bullshit it's Ugh. like you you get separated from reality and you can't look outside of your own experience not at all um when you get like that yeah. and i mean you being the general you not necessarily yeah. you personally well, it has been I, I don't pers- know if i've been around you personally when you're fucked up i have no idea um you have been i i have it's been a it's i mean it's i've i've I probably ha- I mean, I must have at some point with I, going to shows yeah, and everything. I've been there off. There has to have been a time. Though. I've been off alcohol since June 10th, 2018. So coming up on uh, two years and a couple months. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, before that, like the screen vom- screen, scream, my folk punk band, which <laughs> uh, for listeners, Kayla was actually really integral in like, getting us shows and everything. Um mm-hmm. Oh, I was I was drunk for a lot of those shows, and yeah, like I was. I'll never forget you played my birthday show and you covered Last Resort. <laughs> yeah, that ruled. That fucking ruled. I have it on tape somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on Facebook. I watch it about once a year. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There was a okay, quick gear shift. There was an aspect. There's a lot of uh, what you have attested to being realistic about the backstage scene. Uh, scenes of this movie. You ever seen a shaman back there? Mm, no, can't say that I have. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> well, they kind of imply at the beginning that she is loaded with money yeah. and is just kind of like blowing money on all kinds of dumb stuff. Like, nobody takes her shaman seriously. They mention later in the movie that he's like in jail for being a fraud or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's doing all these like rituals backstage. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. She never. <laughs> it's also weird. So weird because that actor. The only thing I know him from is Jessica Jones. <laughs> it's like <laughs> such a different person. It was so random. Well, you um, know, but, uh, I just as I just read, Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. So these might have been that is true. Yeah, Scientologist Scientology shamans. That Scientology is practically witchcraft. I mean, I give... Practically fake witchcraft. No, thank you. I was going to be like, I give <laughs> witchcraft more credence okay. than I do to Scientology. Sorry, sorry. That's my bad. I forgot the word the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she's got the shaman. She's got the baby there. Oh, it's like baby. so dodgy with the baby. She like falls down with the baby in her arms. Oh, man. Yeah. Her- Why did they bring the baby to the show? Why? By the way? Couldn't there have been another place? Maybe. I don't know. I Babies yeah. mainly shouldn't be at shows. One thing I will say about this movie that... Uh, was probably the worst aspect of this movie mm-hmm. um, is that the sound design is so bad. Like, half the time it's so quiet. Like, people are talking so quietly and there's yeah. so much, like, room noise that you can't even hear what they're saying. Yeah. Um, at all, even if you try. <laughs> that, yeah. And, like, I was constantly turning the volume up to, like, 70 and turning it down to, like, 18. <laughs> yeah. Constantly. And even when it was up, it's like you're you're just hearing the background noise, so you can't hear what the actors are saying. Like, yeah, and that was, like, the roughest part about this. I'd pretty much say that you have to watch it with subtitles. For sure. Um, to really get everything. Although, I don't know, you still get the gist, I guess, but... I mean, um, if you want to understand the details, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I guess the dialogue was, like, so intense like especially I I read a couple interviews with Elizabeth Moss Mm -hmm. where she was talking about everything that she said like all of her words none of it was improvised it was all scripted Um, even though she's like going on these long like rambles of kind of nonsense um, she said this is one of the hardest scripts to memorize that she's ever had and she's done a lot of complicated stuff she's like normally I I don't have any problems memorizing stuff but this was like so there was just so much and you had to get every single word right so (laughs) pretty wild the other thing that, yeah, that we kind of already mentioned that I didn't like about this movie was just how slow everything was. Um, they were just long scenes. Yeah, it was just long and drawn out. I guess that the um, director saw a movie called Steve Jobs from 2015. Oh, my God. And <laughs> okay. I don't know. I've never seen this movie. But I guess it's just like, it's like three or four scenes that go over a long time, like, that's the whole movie just like how this one was essentially this one's in five parts but and i guess he really liked that about that movie so he wanted to kind of copy that style um so it did come from somewhere however was it a choice that needed to be made i don't know (laughs) uh (laughs) i mean yeah i mean we just we've already talked about it but it just if they would have cut like one act or something there would have probably been better the second act really didn't need I don't think it needed to be there. Yeah, it, and that's when they're... The recording the studio? The recording studio. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could have taken aspects, and there were, because there are developments made in that act that do yeah. affect everything, but I think it would be very easy to suss those out and place them in acts one and three, uh, which are both backstage. Yeah, sure. Or at least it could have been shortened to like five minutes. You could have yeah. got everything in and out instead of 30 or whatever. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it went on so long that like when 
the other band. What are they called? The Acre Acre Girls or yeah, the Acre Girls. It's like Laker Girls with Noel. Okay, so yeah, when the Acre Girls are, which is this like smaller band that very influenced by something she, they mm-hmm. come in and they're like recording after. They're... They they were supposed to be in the studio, but she will not leave the studio. That's right. Yeah, is the thing. <laughs> I did that scene, just like went on, and I guess I was just so like, I don't know what. I did, all of a sudden they showed up, and I was like, what the hell's happening? Like, why is this still? Who are these people? But this, just put them in a. Why aren't they? Hmm. And then they, you know, they record a song after they've tried to record two other songs, and it's just like, uh, the you know, the music's very good, and apparently that that uh, the Acre Girls song uh, is one written by Anna Kapile, uh, mm-hmm. but like I don't, maybe I just yeah, got frustrated I mean, then. No, I mean we have the same feeling that everything went on too long, it was drawn out, but um couple plot developments happen in this scene like two of her original bandmates basically quit Mm -hmm. um and then the new band comes in where they're like much younger than her they look up to her and they she's like well yeah you'll just be my new band then like no big deal Mm -hmm. um and they're it kind of was like heartbreaking seeing like these younger girls like they were like so excited to uh-huh. work with their idol with just like no idea what <laughs> what actually goes on. Yeah. And um yeah, that's like another one of those things that like there's so much behind y- people in bands or other celebs probably that you don't get about them just by listening to their music or sure. seeing them on stage or saying hi to them at a show. You know, there is so much beyond that that, like, you don't see. And I think a lot of people, I th- probably especially with music, because it is such, like, a creative endeavor that mm-hmm. feels like something that would be authentic to the speaker, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that that you connect with or, like, yeah, I felt the same way that you feel or, like, whatever, oh my, yeah. d- depending on the band. Like, it just feels like you get – you formulate, like, a really intimate connection with them. But, I mean, just so many people don't realize, like, <laughs> how much is left out of the song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and people aren't going to always be, like you, – you can't be completely honest about yourself. Like, that's because no. part of yourself is, is – how people observe you yeah yeah no there have been tons like not tons but there have been several times where i've just built someone up in my head uh Mm -hmm. uh, because of a song and then it's just like oh the the you know almost best case scenario is you meet the person and they're just very normal and just like oh yes thank you for listening to the music yeah i really appreciate it um yeah but i've did like those I can't imagine the being someone like the Acre Girls in this movie, and you know, oh fuck, I get you know getting to work with the you know uh, this movie really. It's I think a lot of people would be like, oh, would would relate Courtney Love to Be- yeah. to Becky something. I think it's a very easy co- comparison. Even though to be clear, the director explicitly says Courtney Love was not an inspiration for this movie somehow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the inspirations I found were the bands L7 mm-hmm. and Guns N' Roses. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, the, just, just a note. Okay, continue. Yeah, but, like, uh, I'm sure there were acts that, like, signed that like signed on to work with Hole or Courtney Love and, to, like, 
be introduced to not this hero that you've built up in your head, but just a barely standing pile of mush. Uh, yeah. It has to just be so disheartening to be, and make you be like, what the fuck am I even doing? Like, yeah. Ugh, Jesus. That would suck. And this is like the other <laughs> reason probably why I'm not in music yeah. anymore is because I've pretty much met most of the bands that I would consider to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Not all, like the bigger, I've never met Fiona Apple, okay? I've never <laughs> met some of those kind of people. But I've met a lot of the, the other bands that I would consider to be some of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. and I've mostly been let down by them. And I probably would have been much happier if we had never met and I'd never gotten to know them. Yeah. Um, to just know that uh, every, like, all my favorite songs are basically ruined now Ugh. or, you know, um, <laughs> those kind of things. Oh, um. God. I'm so sorry. I was going to say most so, of the people I've met have just, I don't like learning. Uh, I like learning a lot, but not mm-hmm. a lot. I never want to be yeah. friends with any of the musicians I love. Yeah, I'd say I became pretty close with, uh, at least close enough with most of my, yeah, favorite bands or whatever. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, uh, wouldn't recommend it. Um, I oh, mean, God. it's not it's not 100% letdowns, but um, it's close. Enough. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but it all it circles back to the thing I said before about like just losing your sense of reality, you know. Yeah. Be being on tour that often and stuff like that, and being mainly surrounded by people who only want to like placate you and give you praise. Oh God, yeah. And not normal people. There's no checks. Um, yeah. Yeah. So these girls learn that message the hard they way do. as well. <laughs> Yeah, in the third act, um, Acre Girls are bigger, and they're actually having Becky open. It doesn't say if it's like, is this the first show they've had her open up? Is she opening for them, or are they one band now? The Wikipedia summary I'm reading says the third scene is set after Acre Girls have have become famous, and Becky is opening their show with Allie back to support her. Hmm. Well, I read it as they were all just one band now, but okay. but either way, they're all on the same show, yeah. regardless. <laughs> the insane, they put, they tell you this very early on in this act, and this is insano to me. They say she is two hours late, and the audience yeah. is still out there like, yeah, woo, all right, we'll start the music. Yeah, I would have left after I an know. hour. <laughs> well, is she two hours late for like uh, load in, or is she two hours late oh, okay. for her set? Sure. You know, yeah. like because typically load in's an earlier time. Um, That's okay. I didn't think about that. So that could be true. I don't know, but it's it's unclear. Yeah. Either way, we know that she's late. That's definitely established. Um, and when she finally comes in, she has this line. I don't know it verbatim. I didn't write it down verbatim, but it's more or less. She goes, "You know, I have a pre-existing medical condition where I'm unable to sense the passing of time." Yeah, that re- <laughs> that <rocks>. relatable. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple like good ass quotes in this movie. The one earlier that I I texted you while I was watching it. First act, I think she's wasted. And she just, all someone just, she just goes, we do rock music for rock people. Mm-hmm. That's my life, baby. 
Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> but yeah, she's late as hell, wasted. Also, in this time, the Acre girls go, yep, kill your idols. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, you just learned the lesson, yeah. baby. She has a film then, crew with her. Yeah, and like, they never really say what this film crew is, like, doing, but every act of this movie is introduced by some of the documentary footage. Yeah. But they never really say what's up with that. <laughs> Other than, are they just trying to show, like, how narcissistic she is? I... Because she's constantly like, where's my camera? Get the camera on me. Or then she, like, one point she, like, does a prayer or something. I, I don't remember. And then she's like... Did you get that? That's going to be great for the opening or something like that. <laughs> Maybe she's doing her own documentary. I don't know. But I don't think it was really like if that was their intention with that documentary mm -hmm. team or whatever, just to show that she's narcissistic. Like, I don't think that they needed that necessarily because really. it was pretty much already clear. Yeah. Um. So she starts going after everyone with the bottle top, the like threatening to cut people's necks she's wildly unchecked yeah. like nobody's like she's like on top of the other girl with like this glass to her neck and nobody's like getting her um hello that was super intense <laughs> yeah it was so intense um, and it definitely it like that was when i was at the peak of like i don't know if you've ever been attacked by someone who's drunk or inebriated uh, yeah Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry if this brings up any uh, <laughs> anything that's too sensitive to discuss, but like I've I've had like friends be too drunk and they've like grabbed my neck or like pushed me down, and um and I unfortunately have like at one like I accident I I say accidentally but I was just drunk I broke a guy a friend at the time's nose. It's really terrifying. Uh, because mm -hmm. it, it brings out that that fear of the unknown. There, you you can't predict what is going to happen next because logic is out the window, rational thought is out the window. It's it's completely at the whim of an unwell person. Yeah, I've mainly I would say most of my like scary experiences where like physical harm was involved mm -hmm. with people who were inebriated. Um, would be those people doing it to themselves. Okay, yeah. Um, but it still feels just as helpless because you can't really stop them. No, you know? yeah. Because when they're so far, like, beyond like that, they're so strong. They won't listen to anything that you say. <laughs> they're fearless. Um, I watched my best friend before who was an alcoholic at the time get so drunk, t tell me all about how he wanted to die, and then lay on the ground where there were all these, like, all these cinder blocks around there and just, like, holding them over his face and dropping them <laughs> and, like, seeing if they will land on his head and kill him. Um, My God. And, like, yeah, that's fucked up. Um, and then he ended up punching this thing and broke his hand and we had to take him to the hospital. Sure. So, like, that's more of the situations that I've been in yeah. uh, as far but it's still just as scary and helpless when it's, like, somebody that you love, you know? It's really tough. Yeah. Absolutely. And they don't show... This movie's interesting because it starts when they're already at a high and then it kind of works through the downfall there whereas like most movies that are about like kind of band stories or musical artist stories or whatever mm -hmm. start when they're when they're nothing and then show their rise and then show their fall or whatever yeah, yeah. so this kind of starts at the fall um which was like an interesting perspective to start from yeah i never thought um, i didn't think about that 
yeah, so, like, you don't see where all these girls, like, are bonding with each other. They're normal before they're drug addicted, Mm -hmm. like, crazy people. Um, But you just kind of assume that, like, that life has taken place. And that's why these people, like, care about her so much and are still around her, even though she is the way she is, you know? Yeah. I mean... Pretty interesting. hmm. Hell yeah. So, after she has the glass thing, then she gets handcuffed and then falls off stage in front of everybody. stressful to me. It was so stressful. Yeah. Um, So, she falls off stage in front of everyone, busts her freaking little head, and... uh, She busts her head, like, two times in this movie, doesn't she? Two or three times. She, like, falls on her head. Yeah, a couple times. Yep. Uh, Uh, And then we have a sudden time jump. Yeah. To her being almost a year sober. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I saw this quote from IndieWire that said, the second half of the movie is so rich and hopeful that it almost feels like a sweet reward for not walking out of the theater sooner. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. So her ex comes back. uh, What is his name? Dirtbag Danny? (laughs) That's... (laughs) Don't call me that. <laughs> but yeah, Danny. <laughs> it, it was, his nickname was Dirtbag Danny. <laughs> well, he was like a radio DJ, I think. Yeah, whatever he was. <laughs> um, so he comes he comes around, brings her little daughter. Her daughter is like seven or something. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of implies that like she had this long time of trying to get sober. Mm-hmm. They She hasn't seen her daughter really in all that time. They kind of talk about how the daughter doesn't know her. But still asks about her, mm-hmm. which is sad. I know some little. I know a little girl who doesn't have a dad, and still asks about her dad oh, all the time. God. And it's it's just so heartbreaking yeah. when that happens. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, and they talk about how she has a bunch of lawsuits against her from everybody because of all the shit she's ruined, and she's broke. And <sighs> yeah. Um, I read an article that talked about this, and I didn't think about it at the time, but it is true and kind of cool thing about this movie is that so often in like drug addict stories they have this ending where it's like well they're not an addict anymore everything's better now see they're a rich millionaire and they have a wife and are happy or something yeah um and in this movie it's like she doesn't feel safe she's not chill she's not balanced she's still like really fragile and vulnerable and she's like, she's not to like an okay place, you know. It's more realistic. Absolutely. Like if you've, okay, if you ever go to an AA meeting, like you'll see the people there. And as much as I, I love fellow folks in recovery, like a, a ton of us have fu- like fuck irrevocably fucked up our lives because of our mm-hmm. substance abuse to the point that we'll never live normal lives. Um, yeah. I, I think I've, I got up fairly unscathed, but like if you ever go to an AA meeting, you look around the room and it's just like rough looking folks smoking too many mm-hmm. cigarettes and just being like, uh, like overly anxious and sensitive. Um, even if they've endured years of recovery, there's still aspects of, of their self that will never fully be made whole or uh, repaired just because they've lost something that was so vital to their existence and, and uh, life. 
Yeah, I think a lot of things happen when you try and go through recovery if you've spent a long time fucked up. Like, I think that your feelings kind of, they like, when you're fucked up and you're not feeling your feelings, mm-hmm. like, they don't just go away. <laughs> they just, like, bundle up somewhere. Yeah. So then once you're sober, then they come in a huge wave as opposed to little by little how they would have normally so then you are suddenly feeling all of the things and then also hit at the same time with the realities of like this character here, um, you know, had a successful music career and had all these friends and had a daughter and like all these things, a good record deal that she fucked up with her addiction that she wasn't realizing in- inside of that addiction, Yeah, you know, um, but once you're out of it, then all that stuff also hits you at once. And because you've not built up the tools on how to deal with any of that, then you're kind of just really fucked up yeah. <laughs> for a long time. That's why pe- so many people like relapse so many times. I mean, that's a part of it mm-hmm. anyway. A very common refrain in recovery communities is like to c- to uh, uh, characterize folks in recovery as like children or babies because mm-hmm. they were they're so like useless isn't right but just like so underdeveloped emotionally and oftentimes mentally and physically um mm-hmm. that like for a lot of folks in recovery who who you know and I would put Becky something in this care in this category are really just like trying to again be born like re- be reborn and you know almost to the like learning to walk kind of level yeah. of just like how do I get out of bed knowing I'm not going to get fucked up today how do I yeah where do I even go who do I even talk to all my friends are users yeah. you know like when you're a musician like she was out on the road all the time like I said earlier like people are buying you drinks people are buying you drugs Constantly. like yeah. you can't escape it even if you want to if you're going to live the same lifestyle you have to totally change everything mm-hmm. And, like, depending on how long you've been, you know, using, like, most people have spent, if she's, you know, presumably been using for, like, years and years, like, most people have spent that time growing their relationships, evolving as people, learning their life lessons, etc. But she's been living this alternate lifestyle, like we've talked about, separate from reality. And now, like has not been doing those things okay, <laughs> and has to go back and catch up with those things. You know, like she doesn't have those relationships. She doesn't have the emotional evolution yeah. that's been happening, you know? And yeah, I think that's what happens with a lot of people Tons. that get stuck using for a long time, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Yeah, it is. It, I don't <clears throat> know. Um, Yeah. Uh, so if you have a problem with addiction, get help. There's lots of help. There is lots of help. You, <laughs> me and Colin both have a lot of experience with this. I, like I said, am mostly straight edge, but my mom was an addict. Um, I know a lot of people who have bad drug or alcohol problems, yeah. um, many of whom have not realized it yet. <laughs> yeah. So. It, yeah. You can always reach out tough. to us. We will definitely talk to you about substance abuse and recovery. Yeah. Especially Colin, he's a little social worker. Yeah, baby. But uh, hey, <laughs> I ain't doing it for free these days. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, All right, so now that we're off of that, the, <laughs> the final um, act. 
Uh, oh, I oh, you got one more well, thing. One more thing about the um, the cottage scene. Okay. Um, when she has this, uh, she sings the song to her daughter, um, the Brian Adams song "Heaven." Yeah. And she has this like raw emotional moment or whatever. Um, they do play the entire song and do not cut away. <laughs> I okay. I can see how you would be not a fan of that, but uh, I love that song. And I was like, oh hell yeah, this scene rules. It is a good song, and it was really sweet. And then it did show that her, it showed her friend that she's like normal now or whatever. Yeah. Normal-ish. She still um, thinks going outside, sure, not still, but she thinks going outside of her house is going to kill her. It's scary. Yeah. Did your mom ever sing to you? Is your mom a Ugh, singer? No. Not even, you, she never sang to you one time? Okay. My mom, love you, mom. My mom, uh, yes, she like sang, she had this book that in the book, the mom sang a lullaby to a kid and my mom would sing that to me. Um, mm-hmm. Or my mom would sing Carol King to wake me up in the morning, uh, which okay, at the okay. time I okay you're over here like my mom never sang to me. At, okay, at the time I <laughs> fucking loathed all of it. I hated it. I was like, because my mom, no offense, mom doesn't have a great voice. Um, okay, and so <laughs> it just kind of sounded like her voice. With a little bit of tune, and I would just be like, oh my god, stop. And looking back, I, uh, it's bad. I know my mom won't listen to this, so it's okay. But I don't have a fondness for it. I don't have, look back on it with this, like, loving, like, oh, my mom used to sing these to me. I was like, yeah, my mom really did try to sing to me, and I hated it. <laughs> And now you do the same uh, little sing uh, tone thing at the beginning every time I, you I, look. I learned the it from her. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, How about you? My 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 mom was a singer, okay. um, and she. I had me and my brother each had our own song that was like our song, mm-hmm. uh, but my mom would also just like walk around the house singing tunes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she had like kind of a rotation of a handful of songs that she would sing and mostly old songs, yeah. old country in particular, the Crystal Gale or the Judds or stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> my song though was Sweet Child of Mine. cannot listen to that song anymore i I can't imagine why (laughs) um but yeah so my mom like when we were little kids i mean she didn't do this when i got older but when we were little kids uh she would come into each of our rooms and yeah she would sing me sweet child of mine and she would sing my brother this song called the horsey song um i don't know (laughs) i think it's like a it's like a willie guthrie song or something i looked it up one time who the hell is willie guthrie (laughs) <laughs> it's some old ass shit. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. Because there's Woody Guthrie. Who's hell? No, Kenny Loggins. That's Kenny Loggins. We've gone all over the fucking gamut here. Uh, okay, R.I.P. Yeah. Kenny Loggins. Wait, no. So it's like. What? R.I.P. Kenny, someone else who just died. Oh, <laughs> Kenny Loggins is alive. I have no Different idea. Different Kenny. I don't know where Kenny's at. Shouts out to Kenny. Um, he sang Footloose. Kenny yeah. Rogers just so, died. Yeah. R.I.P. Kenny Rogers. 
<laughs> uh, all the pretty little horses. If anybody wants to look it up, that's the actual title title of it. But we just called it the horsey song. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, we each had a song. That's cute. My dad actually, I heard my dad sing one time when he thought I was asleep, mm-hmm. and he had a good voice. Explains why, uh, why you got too. the voice. Yeah. My mom always sang. She was in choir when she was a kid, and she told us about it all the time, how she was in choir in middle school. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I don't think she ever like did anything with her voice. Yeah. Besides sing to us or to her friends. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there's some mom song. Tweet at us. What does your mom sing to you? Yeah, right? did your mom sing? Tweet us. Uh, all right. So where are we? We're about uh, to go. Oh, and then she plays this, her new song for her old bandmate who's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the, the line in the song, and you hear it in the trailer that we played, where... She says, like, I don't want to quit. I just want to be in control yeah. of it. How can I be expected to grow if I'm stuck living in what I already know? I don't want to quit. I just want to be in control of it. I don't want to quit. I just want to be in control of it. that was pretty and cool but when i was hearing it i mean the obvious thing the obvious way to like digest that is that she's talking about drugs right because the whole thing is she's sober now but i read an article that suggested that um the it that she wants to be in control of that she doesn't want to quit is her art and her life which is kind of an interesting way once you get to the end of the movie like hmm yeah that kind of makes sense because you kind of don't know where she stands all the way up until like the end basically so yeah she doesn't want to quit her life she just wants to be in control sure yeah that makes sense i thought that was kind of cool cool and terp the my next (laughs) note in the in my notes the hair in this movie (laughs) i yo i noticed some of the hair too yeah, gotta love the hair. Um, the chick who is the model, what's her name? Cara Delevingne. Uh, yeah, she had such cool hair. She reminded me of the girl from Rules of Attraction. Did you ever see that movie? No, I never did. TBT, James Vanderbeek. Um, it's the, uh, he he's the brother of the guy from uh, American, American Psycho. The, the movie with Christian Bale. Yeah, it's American Psycho. Yeah, okay, American Psycho. I was right. I just haven't <laughs> thought about that movie in a long time. So, yeah, he's the brother of that guy. So, I remember loving this movie, but I don't uh, remember exactly what happens. <laughs> Shannon Sass- Sassaman. <laughs> what a name. Sausage anyway, Man. Shannon Sassaman. Um, gotta say, Big Hottie, one of my first girl crushes, TBT. When did this movie come out? Uh, let's see. When did Rules of Attraction come out? 2002. I would have been a baby 13-year-old. <laughs> okay. okay that's... Um, anyway, she has a really cool haircut in the movie. Look it up. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And similar uh, just look to this chick. So maybe it's her mom. I don't know. I just. But she just reminded me of that. Just having like cool, wacky haircut Mm -hmm. uh, and being hot. Uh, Yeah, that was it. (laughs) I I haven't had a, what I would call a haircut in (laughs) like five years. Um, I'm bald, folks. Because you haven't had hair. I'm bald, folks. Let's cut the crap. All right. We're getting to the point of the pod. Oh, my gosh. Uh, fam- famous bald person, Colin Bates, bald activist. Um, and I would. Hell yeah. I cannot. I, I was looking at the back. There's at the at the kind of they play uh, Cara Delevingne, the Acre, Acre Girls uh, play a song with um, something she at the end of the movie. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, there's a, a you get a back shot or you get a shot of the back of the head of Cara Delevingne, and mm-hmm. I big old mullet was perplexed by where the hair <laughs> stopped and started and twisted and turned, and all I could think was, uh, haircuts are for losers, baby. That thing probably took forever to get right. Either that, or it was long, and then she just cut it into that. That's the easiest way to do weird haircuts. Or go bald. Speaking <laughs> speaking from experience. Um, but TBH, I'm pretty sure it was a wig just based on like wig. how thick it was and how it was sitting on her head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a wig, but I wish it was real. But everybody kind of has like something going on with their hair, basically. Yeah. Like um, the bassist from something, she has like cool haircuts all throughout the movie. At the beginning, she has more of like a mullet thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the girl that we just talked about has different haircuts throughout the movie that are all cool. There's one girl who has like pink hair but like her roots have grown out so it's like only pink on the ends or whatever but it looks cool it's like all kind of hair yeah, going real, on real punks. And, uh, I'm here for yeah. it <laughs> um, so yeah but before they go on stage uh, Elizabeth Moss character uh, makes them do this big old prayer A she gets seance. everybody together yeah seance she says although what they do is not a seance so I don't really understand All right, uh, hold, hold um, on what? what do you I what do you think a, don't look at it up what do you think a seance huh. is in a seance where you get a bunch of people together and conjure spirits you conjure spirits mm-hmm. that's probably right I don't know what I when I hear seance I'm like you could have said it's the same thing to me as just like mystic prayer yeah yeah I think that's what they were going for and they just you know, landed on seance. <laughs> I'm gonna have a seance tonight, guys. <laughs> they just wanted, they wanted to use like a fancier word so they can kind of keep drilling <laughs> in how like weirdly spiritual she yeah. is. That's so she's such a kooky spiritual person. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, they do this quote seance. Yeah, hey, j- um, uh, join my Instagram seance tonight. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Instagram live. Let's do a seance on Zoom. <laughs> Uh, that's probably happening right now somewhere in the world. That's hilarious. I don't want to know how many goddamn seances have happened in quarantine via Zoom. Oh my god, that's incredible. Um, um, yeah, so in this, she has this line that says, like, you've stuck with me till the very end, like, thank you all, or yeah. something like that. 
And there's just this, like, huge tension between everyone who's just, like, waiting for her to, like, crack yeah. or, and let them down, you know? Which is also, like, so legit with, like... Oh, my God. People, you know, who are addicts. Like, you really are just, like, waiting for when's it gonna... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really be normal. How long? Like, when's it gonna... How yeah. long is the eye of the storm? Like, how long are we gonna rest before you're back at it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and because, like, this is her first show back in however many years. I mean, probably at least seven years. Yeah, uh, um, four years since they performed together. Oh, yeah, they do yeah. say that. I said seven because we know that the daughter is seven yeah, now yeah, yeah. and she was a baby at the beginning. But, uh, yeah, they do say four years. But anyway, so it's been years and this was, like, historically a place where she would have been triggered by the drug abuse and alcohol abuse Mm -hmm. um and also can i say her backstage compatriots are not being very uh mindful of her experience really not yeah um yeah but i've also seen that too that's upsetting (laughs) but uh yeah of course i've seen people like come on don't you do you want to come in with us do you want to just one drink or whatever yeah seen all that shit (sighs) anyway so there's like big tension with everyone waiting for her to like crumble and even up until like they're about to go on stage it's still like i don't know why they're so cryptic about her being fine or whatever Mm -hmm. like right before they go on stage when the two girls are like oh she's standing there like why is she standing like that oh it's so weird that she's standing and then they go over to her and the one girl comes back and is like she'll be okay or whatever she's she'll be fine and they're like what does that mean and she's like just what do you think it means and then like like what (laughs) that's like so cryptic about like what is happening they would not directly tell the audience uh, the the viewers if she was fucked up or not because she had like gone messy yeah. and ran around and then, and then they just like wouldn't say it and yeah there's this fucking yeah. part of me like the very base part of me that's just like just tell us you're also waiting for her to fuck up yeah and uh and they wouldn't show her face or anything for a while yeah um yeah and so like well great now you made us wait for her to fuck up too that's rude yeah so <laughs> mean movie <laughs> Yeah, rude movie. Um, Our podcast stance on this movie is that it's rude. Honestly, yeah, a little bit. This movie's a little rude. (laughs) Um, So they just go on stage, play one song, and then the show's Insane. I... (laughs) Got all dressed up, came to this venue. I couldn't believe it was just one song. I was like... One song. Most bands who do 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 something like this uh, at least have the courtesy to do, like their three hits or something yeah so nope just one song and they're like they want another do you have another and she's like nope i'm done (laughs) like okay then bye bye bye, audience (laughs) yeah it just ends uh roll credits (laughs) yeah uh here on the wiki 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 page uh it gives you this quick i don't remember you'll probably the audience is probably out here wondering why the hell is this movie called her smell and it says here at the uh, end of this Wikipedia summary, it says, Becky says that she is done embracing Tama, her daughter, and smelling her hair. Is that her smell? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I read it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. That does not track. Um, I read an article that, that suggested 
It's uh, in reference to the odorous barrier you'd have to get through in order to reach the woman exuding it. Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's good. Kind of an interesting way to think I, of it. I liked that the I'm, best. That, I like that a lot better than thinking about this young girl's hair. Don't cut that. Yeah, hair. and I don't, I don't remember seeing anybody sniff anybody's hair. I mean, they did have like the neon sign at the end that said her smell. But I uh, maybe would have liked some hair sniffing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, our podcast stance on this movie is <laughs> it's rude and needs more hair sniffing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, why has so, Noah, yeah, I just have like a... Why has no one brought us on <laughs> to direct a movie before? Honestly. <laughs> um, I, I read like a couple different like things from the director that were cool. Okay. The director, I guess, kind of grew up uh, in like Riot Girl and surrounded by these kind of music, these kind of music. Yeah, that's what it says. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, surrounded by these kind of music. Um, <laughs> anyway, he really wanted to show like more of the nuance in like female bands because so often they're just kind of grouped as women in music. <laughs> yeah, and so, so he was like these characters like the differences in their backgrounds and their style and in their culture are so huge and they all come from these different shades of what you know the vast majority just call quote women in music but there's really like so much nuance to it like you know women are (laughs) people too and are not not generally taken that seriously as musicians uh, some of which I have mentioned earlier. Uh, he also said that um, he said that he the joke was that this character would eat Daniel Plainview for breakfast. <laughs> he said he watched he'd watch There Will Be Blood oh, and yeah. be like, imagine being in the room with that. Uh, imagine being on the crew while the guy is doing that and you just kind of have to like look away while he's be- being like how he's being. Yeah. Um, and he's like I wanted to do a movie with a character and a performance like that where it's like forever when you watch it you're like people had to make this. <laughs> you know? So I thought that was pretty Hell yeah. cool. Uh, little, little take. Yeah. It is. Um, and just like some kind yeah. of like uh, spiritual questions uh, from the New York Times article I read about it, um, that they kind of liken this to like separating the artist from the art, you know, that we that has been so much in our um, verbi- verbiage lately <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're like, usually yeah. it's about problematic men, but um, this is, you know, a problematic woman, and it's like, uh, vision of like how do we respond when greatness and awfulness coexist and when talent is used as an alibi for gross misbehavior um usually by fighting amongst ourselves but (laughs) this is just like a different way to view (laughs) that same uh same in a sense issue um which is kind of a cool thing i didn't think about while i was watching it but it was an interesting thing to read um, all right, that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so this movie was long, long and slow at yeah. times, but really well acted. Um, yeah, there's so much nuance in this movie that that's just cool uh, to the characters and to the stories that we don't see represented that often. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a like we mentioned a different take on a classic uh, rocker movie. Yeah, it definitely. I felt even though I would contest that a lot of the scenes were too long and whatever, the movie still moved at a at a decent pace, mm-hmm. and I was still mostly engaged <laughs> at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a solid movie. Uh, in any in any critiques yeah. we have are really just pointing out we're just nitpicking. Minor. Yeah. So out of five, what do we give in this one? This gets a four from me. Yeah. I might go with a three, I That's, think. I understand that. Yeah. I'll go with a three. Yeah. Would we recommend it? Tentatively yes. Oh boy. <laughs> I would here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Here's What are the qualifiers? Uh if you have any interest in, if you are like a Riot Girl fan, I would say like, yeah, definitely check this out. It's pretty interesting, and like, I I think, uh, if you're like into Riot Girl, it is a fun. It's not. I don't want to like get your hopes up and be like, this is a Riot Girl movie, but it allows it. It is. It makes it more palatable to enjoy the story they're serving up. If you are a fan of Riot Girl. Um, additionally, I would, you know what? I'd say most people I would suggest to watch this movie. That's it. Yeah. If you, you know, if you want to watch it, like watch, just watch the trailer. I don't know what I, (laughs) I don't know what I'm fucking saying. (laughs) You, would I recommend you watch it? Well, how about, do you want to? Hey, yeah. You fucking want to watch this, this damn movie? Cause I'll show you if you want to watch it, but that's only if you feeling it. Yeah, no, I I don't know. <laughs> I 75% recommend this movie. Yeah, I'd say I'd say in general I recommend it, but especially if you have any interest yeah. in like music bands, etc., uh the topic at hand, uh I think you'd definitely get more out of this than a normie. Mm-hmm, for sure. But I could see a, a normie getting down with it. Normies can get down on occasion. <laughs> Normies can have a little getting down as a treat. <laughs> oh my god, true. Okay. Uh, all right. So, any more thoughts on this movie before we no, move on? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Now it's time for Scream Vomit. Colin, what are you watching? Okay. I yes, I watch something as opposed to last episode where I was like scrambling for something. Lindsay and I have been uh, kind of slowly and steadily working through Real Housewives in New Jersey. Okay. It rocks. It's a, okay. <laughs> and here's what I've been working on. I have been trying to build a a comparison chart in my head of uh wrestlers and wrestling bands and reality shows because they are so fucking similar um and the only one i have so far is it's it's basically the bachelor is wwe because that's like your basic bullshit but like real housewives (laughs) of new jersey is definitely something more like czw uh like which is a for those who don't know it's a hardcore a very famous wild hardcore brand out of new jersey oh there's a connection um but like real housewives (laughs) in new jersey fucking rules because there have been a lot more death threats than in other reality shows okay 
and I like it. There's been a lot more law enforcement involvement. There's been... And as we know, Colin loves cops. I love cops. And when I see a cop on screen, I do what we always do. We all of us stand up, we salute, we say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we kiss our, our TV screen for 20 seconds. Um... <laughs> So I've liked that. <laughs> and these women, uh, the the R H O N J, Real Housewives of New Jersey for the uninitiated, they are just little wild firecrackers. I love them. They had a uh, Teresa f- in the last episode had a what I would uh, conservatively a fifty thousand dollar party after her child's um baptism uh okay <laughs> and just moves a classic move moves that like we've that all done rock she had a a <laughs> cocktail hour after her child's baptism like that's just such a, a fucking baller move um i love it i highly suggest watching real housewives of new jersey it's a, a ugh, it's a delight what have you been watching nice <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something besides Grace and Frankie okay. now, too, <laughs> which I am still watching. But um, <laughs> uh, we just finished Picard last night. We've been watching the Picard show okay. um, with Sir Patrick Stewart, my hero. Um, and that was fine, I'd say. Uh, I, I'll watch anything Patrick Stewart does because <laughs> I just love him so much. Um, but... It's not really like Star Trek, and I don't think anything ever will be, so yeah. I don't know if they should keep trying and calling things Star oh, Trek. Wow. I don't know. But it's a fine show. I like it better than Star Trek Discovery, which I also sort of watched and did not like mm-hmm. at all. Um, and uh, another thing that I watched uh, before quarantine uh, that I have not talked to you about watching mm-hmm. uh, that I really liked was... Uh, and on and topical because of Elizabeth Moss, uh, Invisible Man. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that before quarantine, and uh, it was really good. Did you see it? I I have not. Should I watch it in quarantine? You should. I'm pretty sure it's on the AMC streaming thing or whatever. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was really good, really well done. It's a cool story. It's a cool take. Um, yeah. It's scary. <gasps> uh, yeah. Little spooky. Uh, you might not want to watch it alone. Oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I think Lindsay true. would probably like it too. Yeah, Lindsay just um, got home, so we'll watch it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good flick. Uh, so yeah, see Invisible Man if you haven't. Um, Hell yeah. We refuse to do an episode on it. What we do? Just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, just joking because it did just come out and we didn't do an up on it. That's it. Yeah. That's why I said that. But uh, we probably still won't. <laughs> Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I'll add that to the list of movies we can't or won't do. Yeah. Along um, with <laughs> Uncut Gems and Crawl. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So, yeah. Also, should mention, we're about to our year uh, anniversary. Are we coming up, on, are we coming up I think that? we may have actually passed it already. Oh, shit. It's like right around now sometime. Um, so yeah, happy birthday to us! Uh, by the time this gets released, it'll be a couple months past. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Though. No, hopefully sooner than that. Hopefully sooner. Let's see. Um, Our first episode was posted April fourth. We're coming up. We didn't miss it. Okay, we're coming up. It's like next week. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, by the time this comes out, it will definitely be past it. Hell yeah. <laughs> but wish us happy birthday. Uh, and thank you for listening uh, for all this time or yeah. for some of this time if you're a late bloomer. Um, and... <laughs> Thanks to Thin Swimmer who provided our theme song. Um, you can find the full song, and uh, it's for free download, I think, on Thin Swimmer's Bandcamp. You mm-hmm. can also donate money because everyone's out of a job now. Um, <laughs> follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, uh, at Screen Vomit, one word on all the things. Subscribe on your little podcast app. Um, tweet at us, etc. Send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com uh, with your thoughts on this movie or other movies. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah, stay safe in the core, and we'll see you next time. Bye, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.